my dearest friend and friends, I suppose, <laughs> assuming that more than just Libby is listening to me, but perhaps that is an unsafe assumption to make. Anyway, hi. I'm sorry that it's taken me so long to come back and uh, finish this book off, but but it has. <laughs> so there's nothing to be done about it now, except perhaps make excuses and fill you in on my life's progress since the last time I talked to you, which I don't know in, in terms of the calendar when that was. And for the record, today is December 13th, the year of our Lord 2023, which is a wild that the year 2024 is just around the corner and it seems too soon, but I guess, what, what do I know? <laughs> Um, yeah, okay, so, what was I gonna, I sw I've tried, I've tried starting this recording, like, this is like the, f I don't know, the fourth time, so we'll see if it works. If it doesn't work, well, then this is scrap and you won't hear it, but if it doesn't work, well, we'll just keep going. <laughs> um, the issue, I think, has been that I generally put, like, a pillow, I'm sitting at my desk, and I generally put like pillows in front of my screens and on top of my, like in in front of me on top of my keyboard so that it, the sound doesn't bounce around so much. Um, I don't know if it actually helps with the quality, but I do know that it does not help with pressing buttons that shouldn't be pressed and potentially stopping the recording where, it sh where I did not intend to do so. So... I've omitted those from my station, which it feels more comfortable, but I don't know how the sound is impacted. Anyway, um, what have I said? What haven't I said? So I, I feel like I say this every time. I, my, hesi uh, my hesitations to come read really are surrounded by the fact that I feel like I want other than read the book that you've come here to listen to, <laughs> I feel inclined to to attempt to share um, insight or and or wisdom that I have received through my biblical studies and my life's experience. Um, but that gives me some level of concern that I'm going to fail to do so or that I'm going to say something wrong or I'm going to say something foolish or yeah all of anything anything that's not good I feel fear that it will come out of my mouth and I don't want to do that and I certainly don't want to preserve it and to spread it worldwide so I did try um to record an episode on Halloween, so it's <laughs> so it's been a month and a half, um, but Audacity had the audacity, and really it was operator error that prevented me from having success, and then lack of motivation to attempt to make the situation work, work I just kind of gave up on it, and so it's taken me until today to come back. And so I will thank Ren, shout out to Ren for um, sending me a message. Not that she was like prodding me or anything, but uh, it it made me feel like yeah I should just I need to I need to just keep going, um, and so I've had this I've had some a piece a, a piece I've had scripture 
noted that I want to share that I feel like sums up my concern or the reason for my concerns that I just mentioned. So here it is. Before you get to hear the book you want to listen to, I'll read you the good book that you should, <laughs> that everyone should listen to or consume. Um, so this comes from the New Testament. It comes from the book of James and it is chapter three. <clears throat> and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, which is not generally the um, version that I that I read from daily when I go to do my, well, it doesn't happen daily, but I, I'd like it to happen to, anyway, this is not usually the version that I read from, but, um, because it's not, basically the versions are on a sliding scale of like, is it a literal translation from the original Greek? Is it like, uh, like a literal word by word? Or is it a thought by thought? Or an idea by idea kind of a thing. So this falls more on like the thought, translating a thought or translating the, the, the concept more so than translating literal words, word for word, is my understanding. So anyway, this is chapter three and the, the heading of this chapter, which isn't actually part of the text, but the heading is called Controlling the Tongue. So that's where we're going with this. <laughs> so this is James speaking. To, well, through the Holy Spirit. Anyway, dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so, blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble up? I'm sorry, excuse me, let me start that verse over. This is verse 11. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Yeah. So, I, I could continue and maybe I should. Because the next section is about wisdom. And I certainly don't have any of that from my own... Um, from my own nature of, of humanness. So I am very thankful for this word that is from God and is true. But yeah, I think that the, the controlling of the tongue as I continue to babble 
is something that I need to consider on the daily basis. And so it's part of what prevents me to coming here to read to you. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess I'll continue to babble a little bit more. I don't know what to, I don't know what I've said. What have I even said? What, <laughs> what have I not said? I've started recording this thing like <laughs> so many times that I don't know what I've said and what I haven't said. So what's new from me since the last time I spoke to you? I am no longer under the influence of hormonal birth control. I got my IUD removed, so the possibility, I suppose, is greater than ever now that I become a parent, which is terrifying, but also kind of exciting, because I think I'm ready. And for all the, all the griping, all the, oh, I don't even know, the complainering that I, and all the foolishness that I've said in the past, I didn't think I would be in this place to be like, ah, yes, I want to do that. I want to raise a child, but I do. So we'll see what happens. God willing, I will become a mother at some point. Um, yeah. So I don't know what else... What else has changed? Nothing. I don't know. Um, my house is slightly emptier than it has been, which is really great. And uh, because Jared's aunt, who's actually his mom's cousin, um, moved up recently, like the last week, or even this past weekend, today is, it is a Wednesday, my dudes. Um... <laughs> And so, like, it was kind of, um, I don't know, it wasn't an emergency thing, but it was, like, they didn't bring, like, any of their stuff, like, a few suitcases worth of stuff uh, from Florida. And so, they're going to be selling their house, and I don't know what the plan is for moving their things, but they moved in to one of the assisted living facilities in Point. Actually, the same one that Jared's grandparents live in now and then his other his his dad's mom and th they live there and also his mom's mom lived there before she passed away which I mean I'm so done with thinking that coincidences are just happenstance and by chance it feels like I mean I don't know what purpose it serves but it is fascinating to think that the woman who Oh, I don't know if you can hear the pepperoni. He just came up the stairs to visit. Um, so the woman who owned this house that I live in, I'm sure, I feel like I've told you this before, but I'll say it again because <laughs> I find it very interesting. Um, she, she sold the house um, because she was blind and she was going to live in an assisted living facility because she couldn't, um, and, she, and there's like a lot of stairs. There's stairs to get into the house and obviously stairs go to the basement and go to the upstairs. So um, it just wasn't good for her. So she she moved out. And and what do you know? Um, I don't know how much longer after that, but Jared's grandma moved in to that same facility and they became, and they were roommates. They, <laughs> they became roommates. Like they were, um, not roommates, just kidding. They were neighbors, uh, but they shared a bathroom. So the bathroom connected their rooms, which is just like, what? That's wild. 
But yeah, so now and Jared's like, how much of my family is going to live in this place? <laughs> Maybe someday it will be us. Who knows? Um, but yeah, so they moved up and needed some things. And so we had things that we weren't using and that frankly I was like ready to take to the dump even though they're not garbage but I you know, like mattresses and stuff I feel like not many people buy those things secondhand but like it's it's nice to have it's nice to receive it like we could give it to them and it's like in good condition and they didn't have it otherwise and they didn't have to buy it I mean if they want a new mattress they can go buy one but um they don't but they could have a bed in immediately <laughs> so so we got rid of um, the bed and the like little entertainment center for the TV. There was, um, oh yeah, the chair. So we had um, an armchair that we had moved from, it used to live in the living room. And then we got, we got a recliner or moved the recliner in there. And then we moved the armchair into the spare room. So they took the armchair and the ottoman and they took some end tables so I'm just, uh, I'm just ready for some rearranging. I think I want to paint the room downstairs. I don't know. I'm feeling good. Feeling good about, um, making improvements to the house. So that is, <laughs> I don't know what else is different. I feel like not much has changed, but everything has changed. <laughs> um, yeah. So Jared is working today and I went and dropped because he f I made a loaf of banana bread and he forgot to bring it to work um, but I had to go over to that side of town anyway to pick up an order from Kohl's which by the way seems very I don't know it seems questionable that you could just go grab like theoretically I could just grab anyone and everyone's things and not be questioned like the the pickup from Kohl's you just like go and it's sitting there and you just take it and you don't have to interact with anyone and there is like no accountability for what for you taking the thing that's your I don't know it seems weird but anyway so I went to pick something up and so I dropped off the banana bread for him and it was a I made a loaf um a few days ago for them and I made a terrible mistake I was like oh I'm gonna deliver this warm so I like wrapped it up and put it in um, a little like lunchbox and then they weren't available so it was like sat in the lunchbox all day and then when I finally did deliver it that night it was kind of dry but this one I did not make the same mistake I took it out of the oven last night and let it cool off and then put it in tin foil for overnight and that's where it's been and it's, it's more moist so note just a note <laughs> Okay, anyway, I think I'm done spieling. I don't feel like I have anything else insightful to say, but please pardon me. I'm not a teacher. I don't want to be a teacher. Maybe someday I could teach, but also maybe not. Um, I could certainly provide examples of mistakes that I've made as a teaching, but in terms of other types of teaching, I'm not qualified, so... Keep me accountable when my tongue goes rampant, please. I need that. Okay, so without further ado, I'm going to wait a minute. This can't be. It is. No, it is. 
Okay, this is the end of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Um, this is chapter 12. Uh, so, yeah. Curious. I thought it was the last one, but then I... Anyway, 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 anyway. I think it's 12. I don't know. I can't read Roman numerals. <laughs> okay. That's... It never... I don't know. Every time. Every time that's how I feel when I look at these Roman numerals. This chapter is called... Alice's evidence. All right, she's going to trial, isn't she? Maybe not. It's been so long since I've read this. I thought she's being called. Oh, yeah, she's being called a witness, isn't she? <clears throat> okay, here we go. Here, cried Alice, quite forgetting in the flurry of the moment how large she had grown in the last few minutes. And she jumped up in such a hurry that she tipped over the jury box with the edge of her skirt, upsetting all the jurymen onto the head... What? Upsetting all the jurymen onto the heads of the crowd below. And there they... Okay, I think I was reading... I'm sorry. Immediately I'm like, what is this word? But okay. My bad. And there they lay sprawling about, reminding her very much of a globe of goldfish she had accidentally upset the week before. See, upset. Like, when I, when I use the word upset, I'm just like, I'm... Um, upset like I'm frustrated or I am angry or my emotions are in toil but this upset means to literally physically upheave a thing okay I don't need to explain my confusion I'm done <laughs> okay here we go oh I beg your pardon she exclaimed in a tone of great dismay and began picking them up again as quickly as she could for the accident of the goldfish kept running in her head and she had a vague sort of idea that they must be collected at once and put back into the jury box or they would die the trial cannot proceed said the king in a very grave voice until all the jurymen are back in their proper places all he repeated with great emphasis emphasis looking hard at alice as he said so alice looked at the jury box and saw that in her haste she had put the lizard in head downwards and the poor little thing was waving its tail about in a melancholy way being quite unable to move she soon got it out again and put it right not that it signifies much she said to herself i should think it would be quite as much use i sh well that's what she said i should think it would be quite as much use in the trial one way up as the other rude alice sassy as soon as the jury had a little recovered from the shock of being upset and their slates and pencils had been found and handed back to them, they set to work very diligently to write out a history of the accident, all except the lizard, who seemed too much overcome to do anything but sit with its mouth open, gazing up into the roof of the court. And here on the next page we have a drawing. It's a drawing of what you could imagine Alice looked like when she upset the jurymen, which really just looks like a box with a bunch of animals. It's a box tipping over and a bunch of animals spilling out. And so the jurymen consist of a lizard. There's a frog. Um, this guy kind of looks like a squirrel. That also looks a bit like a squirrel. Maybe the first one's not a squirrel. Oh, it's a rat for sure. Uh, maybe another rat and a platypus and a duck 
and I think that might be a rooster um, and some other sort of bird. All right, yeah, and she is quite tall. So it looks like they're like, they're all, I don't know, they're in proportion. But then you can see also some little, little tiny people um, who must be, I don't know who they are. Oh, this, that's a bird. That looks like a parrot wearing, <laughs> looks like a parrot wearing the old timey um, wig. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, imagine like George Washington's wig or like an old, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. What do you know about this business? The king said to Alice. Nothing, said Alice. Nothing whatever, persisted the king. Nothing whatever, said Alice. That's very important, the king said, turning to the jury. They were just beginning to write this down on their slates when the white rabbit interrupted. Unimportant, your majesty means, of course, he said in a very... Oh, this was supposed to be a respectful tone, my bad. I don't know how to speak in a respectful tone. Oh... That's a devastatingly self-aware thing I've just said. <laughs> Unimportant, your majesty means, of course. But frowning and making faces at him as he spoke. Unimportant, of course, I meant, the king hastily said, and went on to himself in an undertone. Important, unimportant, unimportant, important, as if he were trying which word sounded best. Some of the jury wrote it down, important, and some, unimportant. Alice could see this, as she was near enough to look over their slates. But it doesn't matter a bit, she thought to herself. At this moment, the king, who had been for some time busily writing in his notebook, called out silence and read out from his book, Rule 42, all persons more than a mile high to leave the court. Everyone looked at Alice. I'm not a mile high, said Alice. You are, said the king. "'Nearly two miles high,' added the queen. "'Well, I shan't go at any rate,' said Alice. "'Besides, that's not a regular rule. "'You invented it just now.' "'It's the oldest rule in the book,' said the king. "'Then it ought to be number one,' said Alice. <laughs> "'Okay. "'She cracks me up. "'The king turned pale and shut his notebook. I, I, "'Might I add that the word notebook is hyphenating. "'Hyphenated note dash shot his notebook hastily consider your verdict he said to the jury in a low trembling voice there's more evidence to come yet please your majesty said the the white rabbit jumping up in a great hurry this paper has just been picked up what's in it said the queen i haven't opened it yet said the white rabbit but it seems to be a letter written by the prisoner to to somebody it must have been that, said the king, unless it was written to nobody, which isn't usual, you know. Who is it directed to, said one of the jurymen. It isn't directed at all, said the white rabbit. In fact, there's nothing written on the outside. He unfolded the paper as he spoke and added, it isn't a letter after all, it's a set of verses. Are they in the prisoner's handwriting, asked another of the jurymen. No, they're not, said the white rabbit, and that's the queerest thing about it. The jury all looked puzzled. He must have imitated somebody else's hand, said the king. The jury all brightened up again. Please, your majesty, said the knave, I didn't write it, and they can't prove that I did. There's no name signed at the end. If you didn't sign it, said the king, that only makes the matter worse. 
You must have meant some mischief, or else you'd have signed your name like an honest man. There was a general clapping of hands at this. It was the first really clever thing the king had said that day. That proves his guilt, of course, said the queen. So off with, it doesn't prove anything of the sort, said Alice. Why, you don't even know what they're about. Read them, said the king. The white rabbit put on his spectacles. Where shall I begin, please, your majesty? he asked. Begin at the beginning, the king said very gravely, and go on till you come to the end. Then stop. There was a dead silence in the court, whilst the white rabbit read out these verses. They told me you had been to her and mentioned me to him. She gave me a good character, but said I could not swim. He sent them word I had not gone. We know it to be true. If she should push the matter on, what would become of you? I gave her one, they gave him two. You gave us three or more. They all returned from him to you, though they were mine before. If I or she should chance to be involved in this affair, he trusts to you to set them free, exactly as we were. My notion was that you had been, before she had this fit, an obstacle that came between him and ourselves and it. Don't let him know she liked them best, for this must ever be a secret kept from all the rest between yourself and me. That's the most important piece of evidence we've heard yet, said the king, rubbing his hands. So, now, let the jury... If any one of them can explain it, said Alice. She had grown so large in the last few minutes that she wasn't a bit afraid of interrupting him. I'll give him sixpence. I don't believe there's an atom of meaning in it. The jury all wrote down on their slates, she doesn't believe there's an atom of meaning in it, but none of them attempted to explain the paper. If there's no meaning in it, said the king, that saves a world of trouble, you know, as we needn't try to find any. And yet I don't know, he went on, spreading out the verses on his knee and looking at them with one eye. I seem to see some meaning in them after all. Said I could not swim. You can't swim, can you? he added, turning to the knave. The knave shook his head sadly. Do I look like it? he said, which he certainly did not, being made entirely of cardboard. All right, so far, said the king, and he went on muttering over the verses to himself. We know it to be true. That's the jury, of course. If she should push the matter on, that must be the queen. What would become of you? What indeed? I gave her one, they gave him two. Why, that must be what he did with the tarts, you know. But it goes on. They all returned from him to you, said Alice. Why, there they are, said the king triumphantly, pointing at the tarts on the table. Nothing can be clearer than that. Then again, before she had this fit, you never had fits, my dear, I think, he said to the queen. Never, said the queen, furiously throwing an inkstand at the lizard as she spoke. The unfortunate little Bill had left off writing on his slate with one finger, as he found it made no mark, but he now hastily began again, using the ink that was trickling down his face, as long as it lasted. 
then the words don't fit you said the king looking round the court with a smile there was a dead silence it's a pun the king added oh this is supposed to be an angry tone i'm sorry it's a pun the king added in an angry tone and everybody laughed let the jury consider their verdict the king said for about the twentieth time that day. No, no, said the queen. Sentence first, verdict afterwards. Stuff and nonsense, said Alice loudly. The idea of having the sentence first. Hold your tongue, said the queen, turning purple. I won't, said Alice. Off with her head, the queen shouted at the top of her voice. Nobody moved. Who cares for you, said Alice. She had grown to her full size by this time. And admittedly, there is a picture that I shall describe for you. It is an image of who I assume is the king sitting, um, holding his the paper. And then there's another drawing, which I'm not sure if this is... I think this is good. Yeah, so he's like sitting up on some sort of platform. And then beneath the platform is... I don't know who this is, but he has a mustache. And some birds wearing the wigs that I was telling you about. They look like they're sitting at a table. Those must be tarts that are on a plate on the table. I don't know what they are. Anyway, you're nothing but a pack of cards. At this, the whole pack rose up into the air and came flying down upon her. She gave a little scream, half of fright and half of anger, and tried to beat them off and found herself lying on the bank, with her head in the lap of her sister, who was gently brushing away some dead leaves that had fluttered down from the trees upon her face. "'Wake up, Alice, dear,' said her sister. "'Why, what a long sleep you've had!' "'Oh, I've had such a curious dream,' said Alice, and she told her sister as well as she could remember them. "'All these strange adventures of hers that you have just been reading about. And, when she had finished, her sister kissed her and said, It was a curious dream, dear, certainly. But now run in to your tea. It's getting late. There is an image, a drawing, at the top of this page, too. And it's a picture of Alice. And she looks concerned. And she has her arms up, like shielding herself I guess and there are animals afoot they look like the jury as I described there is a I don't know if you can hear the dog yawning um there is a duck and a parrot and a rat and a lizard and a frog and there's a deck of cards that is flying all over the place so Alice got up and ran off, thinking while she ran, as, she, as well she might, what a wonderful dream it had been. But her sister sat still just as she left her, leaning her head on her hand, watching the setting sun, and thinking of little Alice and all her wonderful adventures, till she too became dreamy, I'm sorry, began dreaming after a fashion, and this was her dream. First, she dreamed about little Alice herself. Once again, the tiny hands were clasped upon her knee, and the bright, eager eyes were looking up into hers. 
She could hear the very tones of her voice and see that queer little toss of her head to keep back the wandering hair that would always get into her eyes. And still, as she listened, or seemed to listen, the whole place around her became alive with the strange creatures of her little sister's dream. The long grass rustled at her feet as the white rabbit hurried by. The frightened mouse splashed his way through the neighboring pool. She could hear the rattle of the teacups as the March Hare and his friends shared their never-ending meal, and the shrill voice of the queen ordering off her unfortunate guests to execution. Once more the pig baby was sneezing on the duchess's knee, while plates and dishes crashed around it. Once more the shriek of the griffin, the squeaking of the lizard's slate pencil, and the choking of the suppressed guinea pigs filled the air mixed up with the distant sob of the miserable mock turtle. So she sat on with closed eyes and half believed herself in Wonderland, though she knew she had but to open them again and all would change to dull reality. The grass would be only rustling in the wind and the pool rippling to the waving of the reeds. The rattling teacups would change to tinkling sheep bells, and the queen's shrill cries to the voice of the shepherd boy, and the sneeze of the baby, the shriek of the griffin, and all the other queer noises, would change, she knew, to the confused clamor of the busy farmyard, while the lowing of the cattle in the distance would take the place of the mock turtle's heavy sobs. Lastly, she pictured to herself how this same little sister of hers would, in the aftertime, be herself a grown woman, and how she would keep, through all her riper years, the simple and loving heart of her childhood, and how she would gather about her other little children and make their eyes bright and eager with many a strange tale, perhaps even with the dream of Wonderland of long ago and how she would feel with all their simple sorrows, and find a pleasure in all their simple joys, remembering her own child life and the happy summer days. And that is the end of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. And the second half of my book is Through the Looking Glass and What Alice Found There. But that is for another day. So until then, just remember that I love you. Goodbye.